0: <laughs> I'm never. <laughs> All right, so this whip was bought by somebody, and I don't know how to work it, so it was kind of fun. <laughs> Good morning. We're going to be talking about archaeology and the Bible this morning. And uh, we have the kids in the service, and so we're going to make sure that they can uh, enjoy as we talk and go through this material. And as we ask questions this morning, the kids are going to, if they answer it correctly, get a prize. And I have two helpers here. Shelby 1, no, you're Shelby 2. This is Shelby 1 and Shelby 2, so stand up. So if we, as we ask questions, for those of you who are kids, all the way up to 40 or 50, I don't know, years of age, uh, if you answer the questions, raise your hand, answer them, and you'll get a special prize prize. Okay, So we're going to make this kid friendly. But in addition, all the material that we go through, all the factual material, is good for any age. So if you're an adult, it should be good for you too. So welcome, and I call this talk, The Three Kings in One Verse. Okay, now this is not the three kings that you're used to from the Christmas story. This is a different three kings, okay? So, let's move through here. First of all, we're going to talk about archaeology in the Bible this morning, and this is our first question for the kids. What is archaeology? Well, we got hands coming up all over the place. Okay, you back here. I saw you raise your hand first. Go ahead. No. Okay, we'll give her that. Go ahead. Give her Yahoo! <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. So, yeah, it's kind of what archaeologists do. They dig around in the dirt. And you can see here a couple of people over in Israel. And they're digging up uh, a site over there. And they've got their picks and their shovels and their buckets and so on and so forth. And here's an- another one. And this guy's really down in the dirt, digging away. Okay, so this whole Indiana Jones thing is really not what archaeologists do, okay? They're really down in the earth digging, not running around whipping people. So I'm going to take this off so I don't get too hot <laughs> while we go through this. So it's a nice uh, opening, but it doesn't work for the whole thing. Okay, so they dig, and this guy's really down in the earth digging away. And sometimes they dig up old buildings, Okay. So you can see here, this line started, their digging started here, and they've dug down this far, and they've got columns and walls and so forth for an old building. This is in the place called Hatsor, in the northern part of Israel, and this was a major city at that time. And the tell, if you're interested, the mound goes all the way out there. They've got thousands of years of digging to go. So it's kind of, kind of an interesting thing. And sometimes... They find things that people have lost. Okay, kids, what is this? Raise your hand. Oh, okay, over here for Shelby 1. What is it? It's a coin. There's another prize. Good job. Woohoo! All right. Sometimes they find things people have lost, and sometimes they find sharp things. What's this? Okay, right in the middle. Oh, right here. What do you got? Perfect. It's an arrowhead. Yeah. No, right here. Oh, who answered it? Oh, back here, Oh, okay, I thought it was you, my bad. All right, so sometimes they find sharp things, sometimes they find... All right, if anybody can answer this one, they get a prize. What is that? This this one's open, it's a double jeopardy for adults. Anybody want to guess? Yes, right back here. No, it's not? No, not a stamp, not a seal. What is it? It's close to jewelry. Okay. It's a perfume bottle. Did you think that was a perfume bottle? What, what's the answer? What is it? Oh, give him some candy for trying. I don't know. <laughs> okay, sometimes this is a little perfume bottle from the Roman era. You put the perfume in up here, and uh, yeah, it comes from about the time of Christ. Sometimes they fall, find small things. Of course, this is a sheep head, and it's kind of interesting because you don't know if it's an idol of some kind or just a figurine. Who knew? Who knows? So, sometimes they find big things like, okay, kids, what's this? Okay, over here, what do you got? It's a statue. Okay, give them candy, and what? And what's the statue of? Right here. It's close to the Sphinx. I'm going to give you that. That is actually a Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh, this Pharaoh's face served as the model for the Sphinx. So, right there. All right. Sometimes they find really big things. Now, if anybody can answer what this is, not this Joker standing here, but this big thing, if anybody can answer what that is, they can have a new 1987 Buick LeSabre. It's whatever. <laughs> 87, that's a joke. Okay, so I'm going to give you this one. It's a Lamassu. It's from ancient Assyria. It's called the Lamassu. It's kind of a bull with wings, sort of a deity, and it weighs 40 tons. Huge. Okay. So sometimes they find pretty things. Actually, I was in Greece with Rick Gerhardt. And we ran into this. Rick, are you here? You can get some candy if you remember where it was at. Where is it at? Uh, Well, that's kind of close to Athens, so give him some candy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember what it's called? Uh, Bring that candy back. No. (laughs) Uh, it's It's called the Mask of Agamemnon. It's pure gold mask found in ancient Greece. Okay. And sometimes they find really, really old things. And this is something I found with Mr. Ken Weitzma in Boston. And I want you to look at this real closely, kids, to see if you can tell me what this is. Anybody know? This is for kids only. If you haven't answered, oh, this, (laughs) right here, what is, kind of a, not really a shoe, okay? Okay, others, right here. It's a bunny. Isn't this amazing? So for your adults, this is about 8,000 years old. And you can, oops, hold on. Let me get back to it. Uh, There we go. You can see the ears here, the nose, the paws. And it's got a hole in it there for storing something. We don't know exactly what it was. But roughly about 6,000 B.C. from ancient Mesopotamia. Really cool. All right. This is a fist. It's from the Hittite kingdom, but it's used for something. And if anybody can get a guess on this one, adults are open on this one too. What do you think this was used for? Well, anybody want to guess? It's, not, it's a fist, not a nutcracker. I hope none of you used this last night. That's a clue. Yes? It's a drinking mug. <laughs> From ancient Hittite kingdom. They're mentioned in the Bible. So, you know, these guys had class, you know. Get rid of the the glass. Give me a silver-fisted drinking mug from the ancient Hittites. All right. And sometimes they find written inscriptions that says Erastus. It's a person out of the Bible. And so what is archaeology? Again, digging up. Perfect. Digging up old things, that's perfect. Give her some candy, there we go. Yeah, digging up things from long ago. All these different kinds of things. Okay? Now, we're going to switch gears here just real quickly. What is the Bible? This is for kids only. Over here, what is it? Yeah, go ahead. What? It does tell you how to live, but what what is the Bible just itself? Yeah, what? Tells you about God, but not what it tells you, but what it is. Right here, the young man. It's a book. Perfect. All right. Yeah, we're being real simple here. Okay? Over at Kilns, we start at the basics. Okay? This is paper, ink, book. Okay? Chair, desk. All right. The Bible is a book. Now, next, next one. What is in the Bible. Okay, you can try it. Words. <laughs> that's candy. Give her two. All right, that's good. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go up a smidge from words. Uh, somebody is going to say ink, right? Uh, what does the Bible. No, see faces. Uh, what is? What are. <laughs> What is in the Bible? Let me ask it that way. Okay, we'll get somebody over on this side. Okay, right back here. What is it? God's holy word. Okay, let's work with that. And what does it talk about? Tell me what's in the Bible. You can help him, Mom. Talks about Jesus and who else? Go, Mom. Who? God? God? And does it talk about, give me, give me one, give him give some candy, that's good. Okay, right here, what? Talks about the nation of Israel, and it just has what? Lots and lots of stories, stories. okay. It's got stories about people from long ago. Okay, so... Archaeology in the Bible. Now, we're getting real basic here. We want to lay this out, but the facts are good for all ages. Archaeology is digging up things from long ago, and the Bible has stories about people from long ago. So here's our main question for the day. Do you think archaeologists could dig up things from the Bible? And the answer would be, give everybody candy. There we go. (laughs) All right, this is what we're going to look at here. We're going to look at our key verse, which is three kings in one verse, okay? And this is found in 2 Kings 19.9. It's one of those verses that when you're reading it, you fall asleep, okay? I know how it is. It's in the Old Testament. And it says, Soon afterward, King Sennacherib received word that King Terhaka was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem. Oh, am I done? No, yeah, I know how it is. Archaeology types, we like all this stuff that just talks about people and places. But notice here, King Sennacherib, there's three kings in this one verse. King Terhaka... And King Hezekiah, all in one verse. Thus, three kings in one verse. And here's how the story works. First of all, Sennacherib, up here in Assyria. And by the way, this is northern Iraq today, up around the, the cities of Mosul and that area, okay? So it'll get you oriented to where we're at. But he is attacking down here with his army, And then it says Terhaka came up from Egypt to meet him. And then we have little old Hezekiah defending Jerusalem over here. So again, three kings in one verse. And of interest to us this morning is that archaeologists have found things from all three kings. Kind of rhymes, can you say that? Things from all three kings. Eh, nobody bit on that one. Okay. Archaeologists have found things from all three of these kings. For instance, this is a carving of our first king, Sennacherib. Okay? This carving you can find in a museum in Chicago. And this is probably about 10 feet tall if you stood next to it. But you'll notice he's got dreadlocks and other cool kind of. Uh, hairdos and so forth that's Sennacherib here is a carving of Terhaka and I'll tell you the story about this in just a minute but this comes from ancient Egypt in the area which is now known as Luxor or you might know it as the Karnak Temple okay and I'll tell you the story of how we got that picture and finally this is Hezekiah and this is really cool this is a clay ball that has a stamp on it or a seal on it, okay? Now, the, cl- the ball has become hardened over the years, so now it's called, what, it's called a bula. But written on this thing right here is the very name of Hezekiah the king right out of the Bible. That's been found and located and attested to be the actual king, Hezekiah. And this is a scarab beetle, okay? it was the image of ancient Egypt by the time Hezekiah was using it and it was just a form of artwork okay so we've got all three kings and there's more let me show you a few more things. Sennacherib now in the Bible it says the king of Assyria sent his commander in chief with a large army to confront King Hezekiah in Jerusalem okay Now. I went to Chicago here a little while ago, about a year ago, because in this museum in Chicago, there is a record of Hezekiah's story about this very same verse or a particular verse in the Bible. I got there early in the morning, I was waiting at the door, as soon as he opened the door, I ran through the museum and I found this thing and I was excited, it's really there. This is a clay prism it's about this tall. It's just kind of a block of clay. And on this block, Hezekiah, or Sennacherib tells his version of the story, the same story that we see in the Bible. Okay, And the biblical story reads, The king of Assyria sent his commander-in-chief with a huge army to confront King Hezekiah in Jerusalem. On our prism, it says... Now note this. This is written in these little words up here. But as for Hezekiah, that Jew, who did not bow in submission to my yoke, I besieged and conquered. He himself I shut up like a caged bird within Jerusalem, his royal city. Notice the correlation between this and the Bible. For instance, they both talk about Hezekiah. Hezekiah here, Hezekiah in the Bible. This is the Assyrian records that were discovered in ancient Assyria, I believe in about the 1800s, okay? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, do you see the match? Do you see what's going on here, okay? We're finding things from the three kings. So the Bible talks about this Assyrian army that marches to Jerusalem and surrounds it, and Sennacherib tells his story about the same event. All right. So we found Sennacherib. All right. The next one, Terhaka. Now I'll tell you a funny story about this. So I was, before I went to Egypt, I looked in the Bible to try to find as many pharaohs that were named specifically so that I could go to the various places where they were named or where, where, and find archaeological references to those very pharaohs. Okay? So we, I knew that in Karnak temple there was a carving to pharaoh terhaka okay and he's worshiping god or this carving shows him worshiping god with a bunch of baboons so we we're walking around in karnak temple and we couldn't find a way to get into this building that terhaka had built it's called the edifice of terhaka And we're like, oh, no, how are we going to get in? The picture of Terhaka is in that building. So we're walking around, and there's a little, uh, there was a door area, and then there was um, like a, a, a lunch counter or a little cafe blocking this door. So we're walking, and then we look over here, and we see there's a hole in the roof of this building we're trying to get in. So we look around, and we climbed up over the wall down into the building, Um, not illegal, they didn't arrest me, but we were walking around in this thing, looking at different rooms, and I told the guy I was with, who was a 17-year-old high school kid, I said, look for a picture of this guy worshiping God with a bunch of baboons, okay? And so we're walking, and I'm kind of shining light on the wall, and then I hear this voice, I think I found it. I think I found it. And I come running in, and sure enough, he had found the picture of Terhaka worshiping God, or the god Ray, sun god. Don't recommend it. But anyway, that's what he's doing. And notice these little baboons back here. They're also worshiping. And that's an actual picture of Terhaka, the very pharaoh that's mentioned by name in our verse. Okay? Okay. These are not dogs; they're they're baboons. Okay, so if you look real close now on the next slide, a baboon goes running across the, this the the area here and turns and looks at the people. A real live baboon. And so let me show you that. Make sure you're watching close. Yeah. Okay, did you see it? <laughs> little joke there. Okay, so it may be very little. All right. So anyway. We found Terhaka, another one. Terhaka is also in the Louvre. He's in many museums. This is him bowing and worshiping the gods. And then another one. Here's They've made him into a sphinx, of all things. This is in the British Museum. It's a granite sculpture, and this is Terhaka's face. And you can see the lion ears, and he's made into a sphinx. Okay? So Terhaka, one of our or one of our kings in our verse, is found everywhere in archaeology. All right? So let's go to our next one. That's Terhaka. What about Hezekiah? Okay? Of course, his name, his very name is written on here. But what else does the Bible say Hezekiah did? Okay? Oh, here's a verse. 2 Kings twenty. 20, as for the other events of Hezekiah's reign, all his achievements and how he made the pool and the tunnel by which he brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? Now, what do you see in that verse, you young archaeologists? What do you see in that verse that Hezekiah did that we might be able to go and find out in the country? Anybody want to take a guess? What did he, what did he do? Anybody gonna? Oh, we got it over. Oh, we got a couple guys down here. What? What did he find? You can do it together. I'll give you can't both candy. A prize. What is he, What did he do? Ah, oh, perfect! Yeah, look at this. He made the pool and the tunnel. All right, so do you think we could go over to that city? (laughs) They're just looking at the candy. (laughs) Oh, we're done. (laughs) Um, Okay, so could we go over to Jerusalem and find this tunnel? Yes, very possibly. In fact, they have found the tunnel, and it's still open, and you can walk through it. Let me show you a couple pictures. This is an aerial view of the city of David. This is the old city of Jerusalem, but this is the old, old city of David. And this tunnel comes from the Gihon Spring down about here and winds under the city down to a pool down here. Here's a cutaway view of that. You can see it here going under the city. And this is the Temple Mount, by the way, up here. Under the city, down to the pool. All right. So, you can still go in this today. How many have been in this tunnel? Is it, a lot of times when I talk, people have been. You were in it how long ago? Did you get scared or anything walking through? You had a flashlight. Oh, good. <laughs> Anybody else been through it? Yeah. What'd you think? It was cold. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people that are kind of claustrophobic are afraid to go in there, but when they go in, it's kind of, uh, it's so fun that they're just kind of excited and they just go through it. But you can walk all the way through this tunnel. Got to buy tickets, uh, but it's fun. And sometimes it's a little bit narrow, okay? It's tall, it's high up here. And here's a view of the water just flowing through that tunnel, okay? And the water's about knee deep roughly about here, okay, and it's about a third of a mile long, so we were in there, and we were going through with, uh, with our team, and uh, we hear behind us a lot of screaming and shouting and giggling, and, a, and it's a, a group of high school or junior hires behind us, and then we feel the water start raising up, because they're pushing it ahead as they're running towards us, <laughs> and we're thinking, oh my gosh. We're in this tunnel we're going to get crashed into by a group of crazy junior hires. Who knows? So we put the big guys in our group to the back, and they turned the flashlights around the other direction. And here they come. We stopped them before they got there. And you can see the crazed look on the Hezekiah Hezekiah tunnel lights. (laughs) So make sure if you go, you get ahead of the junior or behind the high school and junior high groups. Anyway, it was really fun. So it comes out into a little pool here in Jerusalem. And as I said, it's about a third of a mile long, and it's one of the best archaeological uh, things related to the Bible because you can walk through it, kind of like the ancient version of a uh, carnival ride. And what's really interesting about this is they built this tunnel as the Assyrian army was coming towards them. Now... What they wanted to do was to make sure that the city had all the water they needed if the Assyrian army came down and put them under siege. So they did a new thing, and that was they dug the tunnel from both ends at the same time and met in the middle. No lasers, no no surveying equipment, and it's still a bit of a mystery as to how they figured out how to meet. There's some great ideas on how that happened, but there's an inscription in the tunnel that tells the story of how the tunnelers met in the middle. Okay, And this is the inscription and you can see the old letters on it. That's in the Istanbul Museum in Turkey. And the tunnel inscription reads as follows. This is the account of the breakthrough. While the laborers were still working with their picks, each toward the other, And while there was still three cubits to be broken through, the voice of each was heard through the rock, calling to the other, because there was a crack in the rock to the south and to the north. And at the moment of the breakthrough, the laborers struck each toward the other, pick against pick. Then the water flowed from the spring to the pool for... 1,200 cubits, and the height of the rock above the heads of the laborers was 100 cubits. An amazing engineering feat to meet those two tunnels okay, together at about 700 B.C. Quite a feat. And one of the theories is, is that they were banging on the rock up above, or that hill up above, and the tunnelers followed that noise as they met and came together. Okay? It's just a one theory. Now, if you get yourself a tunnel in Jerusalem, you can get a street named after you in the city of Bent, okay? This is King Hezekiah Way, an actual picture, and does anybody know what subdivision this is in? King's Forest, right, all right. Does anybody live on King Hezekiah Way? You do? (laughs) You really do? Candy, you can make sure they get candy, (laughs) Get yours afterwards. You really live on King Hezekiah Way? Well, there you go. You're famous now. And you know the story of King Hezekiah and so forth. It's a full-service church. That's how we are here. So. All right. So King Hezekiah Way is named after this Hezekiah in the Bible. Okay. So three kings in one verse. And we have found all three of them. Okay, kids. Now we need to really focus here we talked about digging, that archaeology was digging up things from long ago, and that the Bible had stories from people long ago. And our question was, do you think archaeologists could dig up things from the Bible? And you all said, yes, all right. Now, here's the real question, first of all. They can't find everything in the Bible. Why can't they find everything that's in the Bible? Yeah, why? Go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. It's a couple thousand years ago, and things turn to dust. In other words, they, they, they fall apart, and you can't find them, or they burn down, or they get hauled off. Yeah. Okay, that can happen, too, actually. They can die before they can find them. That's actually the case. So... Um, not me, of course, not me, no, Uh, yeah, they can't find everything, and you can't totally prove everything in the Bible from archaeology. We don't want to go that far. We want to be careful. We want to say what's actually the case, but there's a reason why we can find a lot of things, and I have this question for you. Why can archaeologists find things from the Bible? Now, kids, I want you to think about this really hard. Why can they find things that are written about in the Bible? It's a very simple question, but it's got a very important answer. Why can they find things? And this is our last slide, so it's your last chance to get some candy. Who's got an answer for this? Why? Okay, why? Oh, you forgot. Okay. Yes. That is really good. It's about history. Here's my answer, but I'm going to take yours. Okay? Because the stuff in the Bible really happened. Do you see that? It's like real history. It's not just a bunch of made-up tales. The reason why we can find some things, not all things, because some has turned to dust, as you said over here. We can find things because it's real history. History. It's not just a bunch of stories and folklores and myths. Very good. Did you get your candy? All right. Does everybody get candy? No, not yet. Okay, so afterwards we've got some extra candy. You come and see it up here. Get it. Okay, and that's the story of three kings in one verse. If you want to see more of this stuff, uh, there's a, I have a website, BibleAndArchaeology.com. These things are up there, plus a whole bunch of dozens of other things. Thank you very much. Thank you.